0: Welcome to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. Here, you will find discussion on all things EMDR, from emdr approved trainers and consultants, as well as some co-hosts. EMDR is an approach to the entire therapeutic journey, not just reprocessing trauma. This podcast will feature discussion on the therapeutic relationship, understanding and using the original eight-phase protocol, and what to do to bring deeper understanding to the why behind EMDR and what to do when you're stuck. This podcast is an invitation to connect and learn together about EMDR and the process of psychotherapy. We are glad that you're here.
1: Hello, everyone and Happy New Year from Beyond. Uh, This is Bridger. Um, I am uh, involved as a host on a lot of the podcasts that we do, and I also do quite a bit of the audio editing and upload process uh, for uh, pretty much every piece of thing you listen to or watch or whatever, Um, but uh, alongside a lot of, of other people at Beyond as well. So, Uh, We are going to uh, do something a little bit different for uh, the month of January and the holiday. Or, kind of, winter repost season. Um, We did this uh, the last two years, and we kind of just went with whatever episodes had been downloaded the most. We went ahead and like reposted those. Uh, But we're, like I said, we're going to do a little bit something different. And uh, selfishly, because I uh, am recording this and (laughs) working on all the podcasts, I am going to uh, share over the two episodes that'll be posted in January, I am going to share two of my favorites. Uh, my personal favorites. So I'm sorry if you didn't like them, but they were um, they were some of my favorites. And uh, not gonna keep you in suspense. The two episodes that I'll be uh, replaying from the the different um, parts of Notice That are episode uh, 47, uh, which is ego states and working with parts or interacting with parts. And uh, the second episode, I can't remember off the top of my head the number. Uh, the episode number, but it is uh, EMDR with kids, uh, which was an interview that uh, Jen and I were able to do with uh, Jackie Flynn. And Jackie has just become such a dear friend over the past year. And that uh, conversation just held so much um, that uh, I I really like uh, or really just kind of believe in Um, and uh, think about a lot as I do really love working with uh, kids and what we talked about in that episode is just really applicable to all humans. Um, And, you know, kids are just tiny humans. And so what uh, uh, often applies to them really applies to adults as well. Um, And with the ego state episode, you know, that's a lot of the um, conceptualization that we put into a lot of our trainings and the way that we teach EMDR and and incorporate into our different uh, EMDR resources for clinicians. So I wanted to post these two episodes over the course of January uh, just to kind of give you an opportunity to to touch back in with, with these different ideas that we've talked about on the podcast. And I hope that it um, kind of meets you where you are and the things you're thinking about right now for your practice and for uh, the people that you get to work with. Uh, I, again, I just uh, really loved these conversations and uh, wanted to share them with you. One of the last things before I just play the the episode uh, in full is I just wanted to say thank you to all the people that listen to the podcast and have been with us as we've grown uh, over these years. Um, you know we we so appreciate you all getting to you know just continue listening to the podcast and um we don't get to interact with you directly or face to face and uh we do get to meet some of you that make your way over to beyondhealingcommunity.com and join us there but i know there are so many people that uh are just kind of passive listeners that uh interact with the podcast a lot and i just wanted to say thank you um genuinely and uh, without you know, further ado, I'll I'll go ahead and play the episode in full, and I hope that it uh, encourages you and and meets you where you are, and and gives you something to think about and and work with your clients. So I really hope you enjoy it.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to Notice That an EMDR podcast. We're here in studio today with Bridger, Melissa, and myself, Jen. And we're excited to continue in our ego state series today as we begin to look at bringing ego state work into the reprocessing. Mm. So, what does it look like with interweaves? Yeah. How do we bridge the gap from ego state work and preparation and resourcing to really utilizing it in trauma healing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Let's jump in. That's right. So, I'm super excited about this episode. I mean, I'm always excited to talk about ego
2: state, but <clears throat> I think just this is when it starts to really kind of come alive and be the transformative Mm -hmm. thing that it really can be. Um, So we were kind of talking before the episode about which direction to go with this, because there's so much to talk about. Um, And I think that, you know, what we talked about was we want to make sure that this feels really practical to you guys that, you know, when you're done listening, that you feel like, okay, I know how to take some of this information into session Mm -hmm. and actually, Use it and also kind of reference back to what we've been talking about in the previous episodes about what we've already done with clients and how to kind of have this seamless transition from using ego state work in preparation and bringing all of that. Um, Yeah, resourcing that we've done straight into reprocessing so that it really supports the client um, through their reprocessing work and how natural that can be when we understand Mm -hmm. how to do that well.
0: Really supportive. Mm -hmm. Really supportive to the reprocessing work that we're doing, especially in those complex cases where it feels like I'm stuck, mm-hmm. nothing's moving, the The more basic interweaves aren't shifting or changing yeah. anything, mm-hmm. this opens the door to really be able to step in and meet the client where they are and yeah. start to see what healing looks like. Yeah.
1: yeah. So in your minds, how does it look to start to introduce an ego state interweave mm-hmm. into the work? I mm-hmm. think that's a great place to kind of yeah. start.
2: Yeah. Well, I think one of the wonderful things about having started the process in resourcing is that this isn't the first time that the client has heard this language, has mm-hmm. had these kinds of experiences? They're you know primed and ready to reach for those um, you know resources that we've created to utilize them in reprocessing, and so it's not nearly as much of a jolt to their system when we yeah. say, "Hey, you know, what would it feel like to bring in?" that resource that we created together of that strong part of you, or that nurturing part of you. Could that part of you step into the scene with four-year-old you, how would that feel? Well, I think that would feel good. Okay, notice That's that, good. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it can really be as seamless and as simple as that. And that is why we, you know, started the series with, "Hey, do this like at the beginning. Yeah. Don't don't wait to introduce ego state until uh, they really, really need it in reprocessing." Because if we were to say that same thing, and this was the first time somebody had encountered the idea of a different part of themselves, that
0: yeah, could the be like war. really disorienting. It ignite a whole neural pathway yes. that heads in another. Yes, direction may not go well. Exactly,
2: and so I think you know having done it in repro in resourcing and then naturally and simply bringing it into reprocessing this way makes it really feel good to the client, Mm -hmm. and uh, much more efficient. It's just faster because they can reach for that image or reach for that felt sense of that strong self and immediately connect it because those neurons have already been created. Yeah,
1: those neurons have already been created. I love that point because I think what. So many people, uh, I just feel like in my experience, they they realize ego state work to be this philosophical or, mm-hmm. or kind of conceptual work, mm-hmm. as opposed to a way of understanding memory networks as a yeah. whole yeah. and how yeah. to work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking about a part, in a way, you're talking about a web of. The, you know your memory network. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a set of <laughs>
2: memory networks. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly
1: right mm-hmm. and that part is holding on to yeah. those uh, Memories for a very mm-hmm. particular reason and so when we call forward another part We're actually helping to you know plug in or plug back in that that dissociated memory network into right. something that um, Is more adaptive quote-unquote. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a conceptual intervention that we have available to us of mm-hmm. like, well, maybe I can get this unstuck. But it's also a way of integrating the right. mind.
0: Well, and that's exactly those those parts of self. As we target and process specific experiences that represent that network Yeah, and we find resolution and healing mm-hmm. in that, that is when they become linked in and integrated mm-hmm. with yes. the more adaptive networks that exist. Yes. And they're not having to be held in isolation and kind of disintegrated. Yeah. That when they're in that part, they're only able to access the activation, the emotion, the sensation of that network. Yeah. But it's integrated now, and they can kind of shift between states of activation and states of
1: yeah. pendulation and can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the clients that I'm working with right now using a lot of very um, kind of formal eco state language. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the container that is actually the space where we meet together. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 container that. Her and I create together. And from that place, the parts can come to the session or not, yeah. but that it's from there that we're able to start working with entire groups of memories. Right the trauma at this point is still too intolerable Mm -hmm. to go directly at, Mm -hmm. but it has a part that holds it. Yes, And so we're able to work with that part, and by so doing, resourcing that part to feel comfortable reprocessing the trauma.
2: So I want to say something about that because I think that's really important Mm -hmm. and um, a little bit complicated, Mm -hmm. uh, more complicated than we would think it is at first glance. So what Bridger is talking about is sometimes... Uh, many times, especially with significant trauma, um, people don't feel ready to process that trauma. Yeah. And there's sort of this in-between thing that you can do with ego state work where we begin to process the trauma indirectly. Yeah. Yes. And what that means is, you know, we're not doing resourcing only. It's almost kind of this resourcing, yeah, hybrid. reprocessing hybrid. We're like kind of straddling the line with mm-hmm. them and sort of moving in between that space. And ego, ego state work holds that and gives us a, a structure and a framework to do that in really, really well. Yeah. Um, so a practical way that that can look is if somebody has significant physical abuse as a child, mm-hmm. you know, ranging from age four to six. Okay. and uh, Maybe they have some specific memories, or maybe they have a very dissociative presentation. Yeah. And so, when we ask them, you know, what are the target memories linked with that, they might say something like, I don't really know. Yeah. I, I just, feel I, it. I know that it happened. Yeah. I've heard the stories of it. My family has told me about it. Um, you know, my dad's in jail, and that's how I know. They, they yeah. know that it happened. But there's not explicit memory. Yeah. And so we know clearly they need to process that trauma, but how do we process something that doesn't have a clear explicit target? Ego state work steps in and says, we can begin to work with the part of me that experienced it, even if I don't have explicit memory to go Mm -hmm. with it. And that is such a helpful thing um, because that's a really common presentation if somebody has complex PTSD or attachment uh, rupture in their history. And so that's what Bridger's talking about is this ability to target the ego state. Yes. Rather than target a specific memory that the ego state might hold. And we can do that sometimes because there isn't an explicit memory to target, or we might do that because we're not ready yet yeah. to process that explicit memory. But maybe we can process some of the fears of that mm-hmm. part.
1: Yeah. And maybe in their connection with you as yes, a therapist. Yeah. Yes.
2: And and so, you know, if you guys are wondering, well, how do you target an ego state? Oh man. Um, <laughs> it's a good question, right? It's so fun. Yeah. Um the the way that you can set that up is Identical to how you set up a target. Yes. Except the target, what they're bringing up and focusing on is what do you see when you think of that part of you? Yeah. The part of you that went through those experiences. You know, do you see an image of that version of you? And then you go through the whole assessment in the way that you normally would. And that feels very natural to clients, especially if we've already been doing eco state work and resourcing, it's familiar to them.
0: So, knowing that each part is created as an adaptation to survive mm-hmm. that traumatic experience, um, then when we're targeting that ego state, even though we're not targeting explicit memory of that traumatic experience, it's yeah. that state that yes. holds the body memory, yes. the emotional memory, all the other forms of memory of that experience. Mm-hmm. And so, by targeting that state, we are accessing the yes. parts, the and activating parts of that experience. By
1: resourcing that state, mm-hmm. also, we're helping them hold the trauma memories that they mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is such a beautiful way of conceptualizing ego state uh, and neurobiology yeah. is that we're actually helping the brain hold the story together mm-hmm. and therefore making it more accessible to be plugged back into our coherent narrative or right. our um, autobiographical memory.
2: It's an integrating experience exactly. when we do it yes. that way.
1: Just by addressing an ego state, mm-hmm. not you don't have to touch the memory. But going into addressing the part that's holding it, it is so de-shaming and so normalizing for them. Uh, very supportive.
0: Well, and when you're in session, you know, speaking to the adult self or the apparently normal self, you they have some awareness of that that past traumatic experience. But it's not yeah. until we begin to speak to that part, yes, to target that ego state and interact with that part the adult self will sit in the room and try to rationalize it and mm-hmm. cognitively access it. And yeah. well, what was it, T- timeline, what exactly and happened? Maybe you and maybe can't get to the where? felt
2: sense of it at all right. because it is that dissociated aspect of yeah. them that is holding the sensation and the body feelings that go with it. Yes. So their adult self can only get to the rational. And so yeah.
0: processing it from that lens is like sp- your wheels just spinning. Well, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what you experience as a therapist is like, why isn't this going anywhere? Yeah, there should be yeah. shifting and yeah. it isn't,
1: yeah. And yeah. you're gonna start to experience some level of activation mm-hmm. in one direction or the mm-hmm. other. Whether the person starts to get frustrated with themselves, but or maybe they start to hit that dissociative dorsal mm-hmm. state yes. where they start so. to. I don't know, and the fact that I don't know is freaking me out. Yes. And you just watch them slowly fall back. Yep. <laughs> just you see started. all the
0: adaptations yeah. show up of I either need to please or yes. I start shutting down or yeah. versus really getting to the the target experience that we're trying to reprocess. Yes. Now we have all the defenses and adaptations mm-hmm. showing up. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So
2: I want to comment on something that you said, Jen. You said, you know, speaking to that part, and I want to make it explicit that we literally mean yeah. as the therapist <laughs> speaking directly to that part of self that means that you as the therapist are mm-hmm. addressing yourself <laughs> to the 4-year-old them yes. to the you know the teenage them whomever and when we do that it's it's common practice that we ask permission
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
2: and say, would it feel safe and okay if I talk to that part of you? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we do that because they don't know how to do that. They don't even know what to say to yeah. be reassuring to that part, to be nurturing to that part, to be protective to that part. And so an ego state interweave that we can use in reprocessing is for us as a therapist to model that to the client. Yeah. And now there's the three of us in that moment, the younger self, their adult self, and us. And we are modeling to their adult self, this is how you nurture Mm -hmm. yourself. And this is what you needed back then and didn't get. And you deserve. Yes. And what Mm -hmm. happens is when we do this, their body responds Mm -hmm. to our nurture, to our care, to our protection and the adult self and the child self get to have the physical experience of that together and boom, Mm -hmm. we have neurological integration of that Mm -hmm. memory and it will shift really quickly. And as soon as they feel capable and ready, we want to kind of pass that over to them and let them start giving that nurture and that care and that self protection um, to that younger part because it creates this ideal self parent. And so that's, uh, you know, it's absolutely beautiful resourcing, but it's emergent through reprocessing at yeah. the same time. And yeah.
0: the, the asking permission piece gives the opportunity for some of the gatekeepers, the other parts yeah. that yes. are there trying to guard and protect yeah. to yeah. say, What no. is
2: your intention here?
0: No. Yes. <laughs> I'm not ready, to, I'm not willing to let you <laughs> yeah. talk to yeah. four year old me today or I will, but I'm going to stand close by and watch this and let you know when that's too much. Um, It just, it gives the opportunity for their system to do what it it thinks it needs to do Mm -hmm. to stay safe and has to work with that and really honor the system that's there and not be a threat to it. Yes. 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 Not be a threat of, I'm going to jump in and do what I think needs to happen, but we're going
1: to collaborate. And I love that point so much about going into this system with such humility and honoring of their system. Of saying I'm not this person that's going to come in uh, tell you exactly why you're wrong and make you change mm-hmm. uh, in fact I don't think that can happen no. you know saying that to the client of that's not something I'm even remotely interested in more so I want to learn
2: mm-hmm. yeah. about
1: the system and how everything works together and how you managed to survive what mm-hmm. you did because it's so incredible and just seeking to partner with their system in that way.
2: So I want to speak to something. And I don't know that you know people will have this reaction, although some will. I guarantee it. <laughs> which is, as we're talking about this and you're imagining yourself as a therapist saying these kinds of things to your clients, we get a lot of feedback of, that just feels really weird to say. Like, no. do you actually say it like
0: that? What What my brain was going to is people listening, which is what I did in grad school, is hear this and say, oh, that's only if it's DID. Oh. that's the only yeah, yes yeah, yeah. if yeah. it's but no this is a disintegrated system which is anybody, anybody with trauma, trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: which is anybody
0: right <laughs>
2: exactly <Yeah. laughs> so it is applicable to all your clients all is what humans. you're saying
1: yes
0: which so i feel like is a point that we've made every episode an and we're gonna point. keep doing it yes <laughs> and so that like weirdness if this would be weird to talk to so it could only be for someone who mm-hmm. you know is diagnosed with did and mm-hmm. doesn't make sense for my client who you know is fully functioning who in just all these anxiety. ways walks in right. Right. right
2: yeah so you guys might tell me that i'm a little out of line here and i'm i'm open to that we will <laughs> tell you if you are. <laughs> I'm
1: open to you being honest. Okay.
2: So here's what I would suggest. If you find yourself feeling really awkward and uncomfortable with using ego state with your clients, there is a possibility that you yourself might struggle with giving yourself nurture and care. Ooh. And that's just an area to gently and lovingly explore yeah, within yourself. Um my initial reaction to ego state was very intense, but it was led by somebody else. But what I discovered is when I went home and tried to do it for myself, yeah. then I got real awkward. Yeah, And the reason for that is because for lots of varying reasons, many of us were taught that it was weak, that it was silly, that it was childish.
1: Inappropriate.
2: Yeah, to to give ourselves that kind of nurturing love basically yeah Yeah. and and care and you guys can't see me but i'm you know touching my uh heart and it's it's that kind of feeling it's like when i when i desperately need a hug and there's nobody around to hug me do i feel free to give myself that kind of attention and care and if my answer to that is no, that's weird, then I am likely going to struggle to give it to my clients as well because so I'm going to be worried that they're going to feel weird.
1: Yeah. And you asked if I thought you were out of line. I'm actually going to double down. Oh, so Jen, okay. Okay. You can just like- <laughs> Go right ahead. Pinch me. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, Kick you under the there. table. Yeah. Don't do Too much. This.
1: So you made the comment that if this sounds weird to you, mm-hmm. that you may struggle giving yourself nurture and care. Yeah. I think it might also be the case that, this could be a both and, but mm-hmm. it might also be the case that you yourself have a hard time understanding the diversity that exists within you.
0: Yes. As, as far as parts. Parts of yeah, yourself right. and
1: parts of, um, yeah, just the difference. Yeah. Uh, I find such um, in my clients as well as in the, the people I do consultation with, not understanding that they can be as different Mm-hmm one moment as they want mm-hmm. to be the next, mm-hmm. that they can have differing opinions within themselves at the same time. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, th- this is quite the rabbit hole, Bridger, because what you're talking about is those of us that as therapists have accidentally been trained to completely reject the childlike parts of ourselves <laughs> that have the emotions that we consider inconvenient or too much or yep. too dramatic, too yep. emotional, all those big, you know, I'm too blanks. Right. Um, that brings us into a rejection of those parts yeah. of yeah And a yeah.
1: rigidity of mind, like mm-hmm. your brain is Actually committed to narrowing the space in which you're allowed to occupy. Right, Absolutely. I'm supposed you to just, be logical. Yeah. competent. Calm, yes, professional. Professional. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, explicit. Yes. Just in that. Yeah. yeah, and and I think that that is such a a point of desire for me to help p- therapists. Break free from well, humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. at this
2: point, we're kind of like, are we yes, talking sir. about therapists or clients right now? Yes. Well, really, we're talking <laughs> anyway. about humans. Aren't we
1: all the same anyway?
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I <laughs> say I don't think that any of either of those statements don't shake me as like, oh, that's too far uh-huh. because we're all sitting here listening to this, even me, mm-hmm. you know, hearing you guys say that and saying absolutely, <laughs> like yeah. that is what's happening in us as humans, as therapists, as humans. We yes. have our own disintegration, right? right. We have Say our, own, yeah, mm-hmm. we have our own trauma, and we sit in that space as a human. And I'll throw the word as a subject mm-hmm. in the room.
1: <laughs> You're supposed to be bringing us back down, not stoking the fire. Because I'm about to go off.
0: <laughs> well, we'll just leave it there. Yeah. Well, that's a but, little. Well, hold on, hold on.
2: That's a little allusion to the SIP training. We're going to talk about that later. Yes. Oh, cool. And we'll okay. get, we'll yes, get around that. We'll come to that. there. Yes. <laughs> that way, Bridger can calm down nice. and stay yeah, grounded for the rest I, of the that's episode.
1: Amazing. Yeah. As soon as you said that everything just went away. <laughs> <laughs> all of the internal pressure that I was feeling to, to we're shut gonna, down. We're going to talk about subjective. it. Yeah. It'll all
0: come back up <laughs> at the end of the episode right. when we talk about it. That's
2: right. So as a bridge back to where we began, um, we did want to share a resource with you guys because this is, it's, you know, always helpful to have resources. We've talked before about um, Frazier's family table mm. and uh, <sighs> we found an article mm-hmm. written by George A. Frazier himself, Um, which is a short but incredibly helpful primer. On using ego state intervention, and in this article, he is specifically uh, talking about the DID population. In fact, this article is so old, 1991, that they're still calling it multiple personality disorder. Um, but as I read through it, it's still completely relevant. Oh yeah. So you have to do a little little mental updating with some of the vernacular they're using. The reason why we want to recommend it to you guys is because there are scripts in here, there are worksheets and. So 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 many helpful tidbits of how to apply it, when to apply it. He goes through several different techniques that he's created um, besides the dissociative table technique um, that are basically an add-on to that technique and really, um, I I think, make it come alive and make it useful and adaptable in all kinds of different uh, situations. He talks about something called the screen technique, the spotlight technique. The middleman. the middleman technique, yeah. yeah, super useful stuff. And he talks about, uh, you know, leading clients into a state of fusion rather than integration, and goes into nuancing all of that. Um, and so, if you're curious about that and and the article, you can either find it on Google Scholar. I think it's on there. the uh, The title is the dissociative table technique. A Strategy for Working with Ego States and Dissociative Disorders and Ego State Therapy by George A. Frazier, M.D. Um, And so you can find that online, hopefully, or if you do have access to uh, scholarly articles through uh, education or something like that, you can certainly find it there. The other thing is we did a deep
1: dive. Have Uh, we talked about this podcast before?
2: Oh, I don't even know. I think we've mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So because we don't have enough to do, we decided that we needed a fourth podcast. And so why not? Why not? <laughs> we got the microphones. Come on.
1: Got the microphones? You got you got an hour and a half? I
2: know, I know. Let's and and the thing is is we love EMDR but as therapists there's, there's a bigger world. Out yeah, there. there's more to therapy than just EMDR. And so I know, what? <laughs> uh, we thought that we might expand our horizons not letting go of EMDR. No, Let's never. be clear, we're not it's going baked anywhere. Into guys. Our model, yes,
1: so it's never going anywhere. Yes.
2: Um, but there's a lot of other things that, you know, we at Beyond Healing Center that we reference a lot that we consider a integral part of the way that we work. And so this other podcast is called uh, Evidence Based Therapist. Mm-hmm. And each episode is a deep dive into a journal article, a scholarly reviewed article that we consider very relevant for uh, therapeutic practice, both practical and theoretical. Yeah. And so on one of the recent episodes that we just recorded, we did a deep dive on this article. Yes. And by deep dive, I mean like an hour and a half mm-hmm. of us talking about it very yeah. deep. <laughs> yeah. um, and so just know that that podcast is coming, that that episode yeah. will by be the out time there.
1: This is released. I don't think it'll be out yet. So if not you find quite, yourself looking close. for it, yeah. it's not going to be there it's yet. It's
2: but- Yeah, we have a tentative launch date of somewhere between uh, mid-April and the end of April because I don't know if you guys know this, but iTunes and Spotify uh, sometimes make you fill out a lot of applications and
1: things yes. and it's complicated and building a website to hold it all. Yes. Also hard.
2: <laughs> so that, thank, you,
0: Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Catherine
2: Catherine Keller. Um, so, uh, so that, is, that is coming note that that's coming. And um, the, the other fun thing about that, that we're looking at and for this uh, podcast is getting you guys CEs for all of the hours that you're spending listening to us talk. Yes. So just know we've had that request for quite a while now, for many months, people have been asking, can I get CEs for this? And Soon is very the soon. answer. Like, very, very super, super soon. soon. So all of these hours that you're investing in listening to our podcast, we thank you for that. And also uh, we're going to get it approved so that you guys can get credit for that. Um, but yeah, so we'll have an announcement for EBT coming out soon. But this article, uh, we spent an hour and a half talking about it. Go look at it because it gives um, like little mini scripts of the exact mm-hmm. language that he uses in these interweaves. Well, he didn't call them interweaves, interventions and techniques using ego state work. And I think it would be super supportive uh, to all of you to read
0: that. And I want to. I think that kind of fits in with utilizing the the previous episodes where we talk about preparation and resourcing, mm-hmm, developing mm-hmm. all of that. So we're, we're building Fraser's Table. We're creating that gathering place where or the meeting place, whatever mm-hmm. we call it. We're creating yeah. a safe place for each part that's present yes. where they have a place to rest and be protected and cared for. And now we're saying, now where does the integration work happen? Yeah. And I think a lot of those resources from the article are ways to do that. But that first piece is where we always come back to. That's the home base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we venture out to explore the trauma, what that part experienced, to reprocess, reintegrate mm-hmm. that. And we always come back to the home base. Yes, yeah. And so I want to line that out so that we have kind of a general structure of there's home base, explore into the trauma, find mm-hmm. the healing, return to the home base,
1: yeah,
0: find security, yeah. find connection and safety. Then explore out a little bit further and come back to the home base, and so doing that with each part sometimes yes. with yeah. each ego or groups state of
1: parts or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
0: not just the the adult self that comes in to say this is what's going on this week but really going into and and giving each part the time and attention that it needs and exploring what is that state holding, Mm -hmm. what experiences does it represent, um, what emotions, body Mm -hmm. sensations, and giving it the opportunity to process and, and release those you know, what's been stored in that. And really
1: paying attention to pretty much every detail that is coming out of the client's process. Um, when they're thinking about the parts, the words they're using to describe what the part is mm-hmm. feeling, or seeing, or holding, or doing, mm-hmm. all of that is showing you a window into their neurobiology, yes. into their mind of how they understand the trauma or the reason why the trauma can't be talked about, uh, which means part of themselves is completely cut off or shamed. Mm-hmm. But having a awareness that the client is sharing with you so much, yeah. even in just, quote unquote, talking about this right. part. Right. They're sharing with you how they dealt with the most deadly experience mm-hmm. of their life a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So the processing can be, I mean, it can look a lot of different ways. If we, we use that general structure of we've got the home base this is some SIP language, but we're going to have our home base, we're going to loop out and and explore that piece and then come back to a safe anchor, that home base. The loop out can look a variety of Mm -hmm. ways. It it can be specific EMDR processing with bilateral stimulation. It can be some of these strategies in the article that Melissa mentioned. Mm -hmm. So it can have... um, a different presentation depending on what that part needs, what's most effective for that that part and that day, that week, that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can have a lot of creativity in that. But when we decide to use traditional processing, that's when we, <coughs> excuse me, select the experience and we target that. Yeah, but we're targeting it through the lens.
2: it's allergy season here in missouri (laughs)
0: sorry guys
1: you can cuddle up to the mic you don't Uh, have to speak too loud
0: (laughs) okay i just don't want to be like all groggy in there but we can um target and process it through the lens of that part yes and then be able to shift into each part and do that for the the experiences that are held
1: yeah and i love your comment about always bringing them back to the home base and that is sip language but with that, the experience the part has, it's kind of like that part is being upgraded. Mm-hmm. Their, their experience is being integrated into them as the part, but then when you bring it back to the home base, it's, it's integrating it into the, the whole, whole system. system. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: So really important points about doing ego state work specifically with bilateral and in EMDR. Interesting things can happen, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. So here's what I mean. <clears throat> I don't want you guys to be surprised if, as you're working with clients in this way, some really uh, kind of intense and dramatic things can happen, even beyond what we, you know, normally kind of get accustomed to with how intense and dramatic the shifts can be with EMDR. And I don't necessarily mean dysregulation. In fact, I mean quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean these profound changes can happen. And you come out of that experience with a client and they're looking at you and you're looking at them like, um, am, am I a whole yes. new human right yep, now? Pretty much. Like, yep. Yep. Pretty much. Um, and so when that happens, uh, things like they will suddenly kind of automatically generate a whole new part of themselves. Yeah. Um, somebody will show up, you know, that just happened this week to, A client of mine, uh, we were reprocessing a childhood memory and there was a Mm -hmm. lot of fear and suddenly she's like, I don't know what just happened, but there's a part of me that I've never seen before and she's like a superhero and she's here to protect that part. I hadn't even prompted it. However we had done ego state work in the past. So this is a really normal thing. Yeah, As we use ego state work with our clients, they are learning how to do this work themselves. They begin to internalize the wisdom of ego state work and personifying our nervous system. And so spontaneously, They'll just interweave themselves. Yes. It's like, well, that was easy. I'm just going to sit back and let the yep. superhero you Good take job. over. Great. <laughs> and that's one of the, the beautiful things about integrating ego, ego state all along the way is that we actually don't need as many interweaves yeah. because their system will kind of take over that job because we have embedded into their own system this wisdom of how to work with itself in this really uh, powerful way. Yeah, and right. so you'll get emergent parts, you'll get parts that will kind of change and grow and suddenly tell you, I don't want to be called that name anymore. This is my new name. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually had more than one client that decided to change their real legal name in response to this. <laughs> so I'm serious, you guys, like they can come out of this feeling like a totally different person Yeah, and need to represent uh, it. Yes, and need <laughs> yeah. to represent it to the world in some way. I had uh, a client that went through a five day retreat that was yeah, it was a DID presentation um, and we did emdr and ego stay work for five days straight and she came out of that with this personification of this new version of herself that she called the tiger queen mm. and the next time she came to session she was like decked out in tiger jewelry and i was Beautiful. so pleased to, because it, it does it gets really important to them to somehow externally yes. represent this dramatic internal Absolutely. shift because it truly feels like a um. Yeah. A profound. That was me That's, before, and yes. this is me after. That's identity formation. Yes. That's what we want yes.
1: to see happen in therapy: is that people will take from the room and change yes. out there, and exactly. and reflect what and it, feel work it has done. exactly. They're As feeling a whole being. It. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is me. now. Mm-hmm. They
0: integrate it into their actual lives. They, yes. Their systems become integrated, and then they bring that out into mm-hmm. their lives and see. The affirmation yes. of I can be this other person. Yes. I don't need those adaptations to be safe and survive right. anymore. Right. I can be this new presentation. Yeah.
2: So here's one of my number one explanations of when people ask me why I'm so obsessed with ego state, this yeah. is what I tell them. Okay. I mean, besides all the reasons besides that I've already it's said. Human <laughs> and you should do it. So. Yeah. Um, so in EMDR, one of the things that can accidentally happen. If we're not careful there's certainly ways to work with this is that clients will get fixated on the part of the assessment process that feels the easiest for them to connect with Mm -hmm. here's what i mean they'll get overly fixated on the cognition Mm -hmm. they'll get overly fixated on the emotion or on the body sensation whatever their previous strategy or proclivity has been they will uh, focus on well i don't think that anymore so it's better or right. my body feels different, so it's better. Or the emotion is different, so I'm better. And even as therapists, we can accidentally collude with clients around this yeah. mm-hmm. because we have our own preferences hey, yeah. and proclivities in this so. way. Yeah, yeah. If it's like,
0: better, then it's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or
2: VOC is seven, yeah. great, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, obviously, the EMDR protocol um, has a lot of guardrails to make sure that we are thorough in our process. But what ego state does is it takes all of that and wraps it up in a human body. An internalized image of a full human person. Yes. Which means that includes every aspect of what it means to be human, even what is not on the assessment process. Yes. Which includes attachment, Mm -hmm. which includes relationship. It includes what does it feel like for me to be in connection with another human being? We don't ask that question in the assessment phase, (laughs) but that is such a huge part of healing trauma, especially with complex PTSD. And suddenly with ego state, I have me, myself, and me. And then suddenly here's this little me and I'm looking at them. And I'm seeing you know, the big brown eyes and the curly blonde hair. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm having all kinds of feelings in response to seeing this. It's not just what do I think about her. It's yeah. how does it feel for me to be next to her? Yeah. How, how does she feel about being with me? How do I feel about being with her? And there is so much wrapped up in that mm. that our language can't even begin to touch. Yes. And so to me, ego state work completely, um, yeah, it just kind of gets beyond the barriers that our normal cognitive language has and gives us a felt sense and a relational attachment sense of yeah. the healing in a way that nothing else can.
0: Absolutely. And in that relational attachment piece, a lot of times we think when we bring an interweave of, okay, what would your adult self say to your child mm-hmm. self at this time? We think it's going to be just easy right. and they should have all the right things to say. Yeah. But when we're looking at attachment ruptures and, and unhealthy know. attachment, they're, I don't know what yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
2: not capable of helping this little kid. Or, or you guys, here's one that happens a lot. I don't want to. Yes. I don't and I feel like awful her. that I don't yes. want to. Yes, yeah. I should want Why to. Why do yeah. I hate the four-year-old version of myself? And in that moment, it's like, well, do you think that there's shame involved yeah. in what she went through? Oh no. there it is. Right. Yeah. And so it's within that relational dynamic of me as my adult <laughs> self trying to interact with these child parts that all of that feeling arises in a way that, you know, just cognitive processing and even our basic assessment cannot always get to. Yeah. Sometimes that emerges
1: spontaneously. Well and even if it, it even if it does highlight that there's still disintegration, mm-hmm. it doesn't provide a language right. with which to work. on it and that's what we're talking about with the with ego state is now you have all of these internal dynamics to pay attention to and to watch unfold between the the part and the the adult self or whichever Mm -hmm. part is is driving the car so Mm -hmm. to speak at the moment you get to watch how they are making sense of their internal process and that i mean that is basically what psychotherapy is Mm -hmm. um good
2: psychotherapy
1: yes anyway
0: yeah there's another resource. <clears throat> no <we're> 10.
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tonight, tell me, tell me to which one and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> it's the Developmental Needs Meeting Strategy. Yes. yes. Shirley, Shirley, Shirley Jean, Jean Schmidt. She actually yes. has two books. And there's a, a whole training, yes. almost like a it's a comprehensive training course mm-hmm. on that that I would recommend. Mm-hmm. It, it talks right along lines of this of how do we see those parts of having not had a developmental need met, something missing. um, And then how do we go back in, therapist, client, partnered in that Mm. and meet that need for the sake of healing. Exactly. Exactly. Really good content. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm just curious if you guys have any kind of final thoughts or maybe like what are your go-to things that you say – that are what you would consider an ego state interweave and reprocessing? Like, what do you find yourself saying a lot? Oh, that's a hard one. I know. You, are, uh, you already <laughs> said one, which is what did that younger part of you need?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't attribute this necessarily to this is what ego state looks like all the time. Mm-hmm. But for me, almost, especially if we know that the, the direction we're going to go in the loop is going to be difficult, I will just start uh you know, right after uh we check in on the worst part and the distress where that's at mm-hmm. and the negative cognition and all of that um if there's anybody that wants to go with us mm-hmm. yeah um another part yeah. that might feel up to going on this journey with us mm-hmm. um just giving them that additional choice of support mm-hmm. and that that pairing is really important to them yeah. so really validating that they're not alone even we are not alone just just the client and i but that actually i'm still working and aware of all the internal parts yeah so i i just started as a preface of is there anybody that wants to go with us and um you know depending on what they say we can have a whole crew that comes okay. with us and then that will change kind of the way that we do the the checking in throughout the the sets um which is just interweave after interweave, kind of. So yeah. I, I get pretty creative with it. I don't stick very much to the direct protocol of just notice that, just notice that, just notice mm-hmm. that, just notice that. Mm-hmm. But I'm shocked, I, Bridger. You're like shocked that you, <laughs> you don't
2: stick to the exact script. Wow, that's
1: weird.
0: <laughs> you're such a rule <laughs> follower. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: that's me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just black and white on the paper, please. <laughs> uh, do you have a manual? <laughs> I'd love that. Would you actually? <laughs> Have you actually read your manual? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> Probably a few times. Through. Yes, thank you. And then I tore it apart. That's right. And so
2: there we go. And here we are. Yeah, and here
1: we are now. You hired me, by the way. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but for me, I, I help um, the, the entire system um, understand that it can be of assistance to itself. Mm-hmm. And as the parts come forward and have various things to contribute, or maybe they know how to get the person unstuck, mm-hmm. it's not on me. I'm just helping them find the ways to integrate their mind mm-hmm. um that they already know to themselves and so the the processing goes really well um and it increases connectivity within the system so yeah. to me it kills like eight birds with one stone yes. yes. Well, I want
0: to emphasize that cuz that piece of what you said is so much in alignment with the foundation of EMDR yes. of that it's not about the what the therapist has to offer yes it is relying on the client's own system mm-hmm. to do the healing as yeah. it is naturally designed to do. Yes. And so that those words that you just said, I think, really stood out to me for that reason, mm-hmm. that it's, it's not on me. No. And that's such relief to the therapist yes. as well.
1: Recruit the resources available to the client, yes. which are already in their system. Right. And, and which go home with, with them exactly. every day. Yeah. And, and they that, get to pay attention to how their system worked with itself. Mm-hmm. And
0: then think about how they can use that
1: for and the rest of my life. Yes, yes.
0: because yes. it's not oh I, I need Br- Bridger to say that thing yeah, exactly. or I need to be in an office with Bridger to be okay right. or yeah. to heal this. And then
1: if you do have somebody that's that's in an acute crisis situation, you can then call back to the resources within mm-hmm. themselves, mm-hmm. not saying, "Okay, can we get an emergency session?" and, right. you know, if that isn't what needs to happen, then that's great, but I have plenty of clients that will just text me, you know, this is what's going on. Um, I'm having a really hard time and all it takes is me just reminding them of this part that mm-hmm. helped them through it when we were in session Can and you connect I have not yeah and I have not had a single time where the client said i that didn't work I mm-hmm. need something else mm-hmm. it they, they, they just know their own needs
0: yeah yeah
2: and they they feel empowered and like they have the
0: experience and the practice to actually meet because they need. do because mm-hmm. we did
1: it in session That's I'm not right. going to suggest a part over text that they've yeah. never met before that's right right yeah. that's right no
0: and that is integration of mind yes. i mean we are bringing in a, a traumatized part and, and integrating that into an adaptive something adaptive and healing that they already have that's right and bringing that into
1: one yeah mm-hmm. so it may not be the manual form <laughs> but i still believe that it is based on the fundamental tenets of AIP. it so, is for sure i absolutely agree with that
0: one one interweave that I use, and it's strategically chosen, not in the middle of their processing, because if we can integrate their own system uh, doing that, but then being able to bring in what is it like for your five-year-old self, 15-year-old self, for me to be here yeah. as you oh, yes. go through so that. so
1: important. Yes. Talk about subjectivity. Yes, mm-hmm. and bringing yes. back
0: to that attachment piece. Yes, of exactly. To have a nurturing, loving presence there as you're going through that. And it may be supportive, but it might be really activating for yes. them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: okay. So speaking of activating. So I said this. <laughs> Sometimes you guys are probably not going to be surprised. Sometimes I go a little too far. In I always clean it up, and my clients trust me, it's I promise. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I said this very similar thing to a client, and the way that I phrased it was and her reaction was fascinating, which is why I'm sharing it I said, "Sometimes when you talk about your younger self, I feel like what you really needed was somebody to hug you and to hold you and to stroke your hair." Mm -hmm. And her response, the very first thing she said is, Melissa, that makes me sick to my stomach. (laughs) And I said, oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that was towards the end of the session, my mistake. That was a little too activating to do right as we're on the way out, right? So she comes back following week and she says to me, I have thought about that so many times. And every time I think about it, I feel nauseous. <laughs> I'm like, do you think that maybe we should go there? She's like, not yet. You what we're going to start? This not day? yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, yet. okay. Okay. Respecting, respecting the boundary. Yes. But then she told me about dreams. Oh. She had had three dreams of significant female people in her life, holding her, mm. hugging her, stroking her hair Cute. while she cried. And she had, depending on who the person was, multiple different reactions to that and so in that moment the way that i would conceptualize that is the little her heard me say that and went yeah just like light up (laughs) the affect state that it triggered was a shame state Mm -hmm. and then we get the nausea yeah Mm -hmm. like i should not have to want that yeah and i don't deserve and i don't deserve that and so we get this nauseous feeling but at the same time, that part of her is now woken up and is like, excuse me, could I use dream time yeah. to mm-hmm. experiment with yeah. this a little bit? I'm actually what, deeper what,
1: in the brain. Yeah, so like I can, yeah, I can this, just, yeah, I'm in
2: charge when you dream. Someone's yeah. going to take over in this yeah, space. Like, don't mind me. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to figure this out because she said that that's a possibility. Yeah. So I didn't know already. that that was a possibility.
0: Yeah. If She suggests that it must not be that inappropriate. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm going
1: to use three significant yes. people in my yeah, life. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going and it. <laughs> that's
2: the beauty of dreams is that we can experiment with all kinds of scenarios. Um and you guys might wonder if I would ever actually do that with a client. There are some situations that I would that I would, there's a lot that I wouldn't, but even just the verbalization oh,
1: yeah.
2: um of I wish I could,
1: acknowledging that that's yes, a possibility, that that's
2: a need and that's an appropriate need is so powerful. So I do that kind of stuff all the time of like painting a little picture for the part of what it would be like for them to have an experience the other one that i would say i use really really frequently is how does the you today mm-hmm. feel about the you that you were back then mm-hmm. that i think creating the um the relationship between past me and present me sets us up for that really dynamic and kind of organic um, way of ego state kind of interweaving itself, right? And yeah. kind of showing up in the midst of processing without us having to do a lot. So I try to use that uh, kind of leading language. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, everyone, that was the episode ego state and interacting with parts and there's a few minutes left of the episode but it was mostly just old uh, ads and things about patreon and we also announced in that episode that we got a building and that's crazy to listen back to because it feels like we've been in this building now our whole lives Uh, but it's only been whatever a year and a half or so um, but that's crazy. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode and, um, please uh, feel free to go to our website, um, at connect and check out our courses tab for all things, SIP and EMDR coursework and individual consultation. Jen, Melissa, and myself, Bridger are all, uh, increasing our availability for consultation because of the demand. So please, um, Check out the website and get get into uh, some of these uh, consultation offerings that we have. Um, we would really love to work with you and uh, connect with you on your cases and all things professional development. Um, and also join us on our uh, community page beyondhealingcommunity.com. That's a way to engage with therapists uh, from all over the world around EMDR and all things. Um, case conceptualization and different interventions to, to work in with EMDR. And uh, we really hope that you find support there. And again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And we'll uh, see you next time.
0: We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast episode and that it will help you help your clients in the process of EMDR therapy. If you are curious to learn more about something that you've heard today, check out our website at www.beyondhealingcenter.com and go to the trainings tab for more information on our upcoming EMDR and case conceptualization trainings. You can also contact us by emailing trainings at beyondhealingcenter.com. If you want to stay connected, please subscribe to this podcast for more episodes, leave us a review, and follow us on social media by searching Notice That Podcast.